This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically-minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Isan said to his monks, 500 years from now, a water buffalo will be born in this valley. And on its side, it will say the characters for Isan. Tell me, will that animal be a water buffalo or will it be Isan? Some of you have probably heard me talk about this koan before, but I find it's one I keep coming back to over and over again, uh, perhaps particularly since turning 60. Didn't quite have to wait 500 years to see the water buffalo in the mirror. Because, of course, that's what this koan is uh, really about. The changing nature of our self. Our self and our bodies. And whether we stay the same or are different. And whether we recognize ourselves in the new form or not. Now traditionally in uh, koan study, a student can answer this koan by getting down on all fours and doing his best water buffalo imitation, having some horns out front and a little tail behind, right? Could be quite cute. <laughs> And I suppose if you are a monk whose life is very controlled and very formal and proper in everything you do, it is a pretty radical transformation to uh, get down and do something so uninhibited and childlike as uh, play at being a buffalo. And perhaps just being able to freely change self-states like that from serious to playful is a very important one and part of uh, traditional training. But I think that for me now, the changes that we have to come to terms with are perhaps less painful, playful, and more painful. I 
And the danger is that instead of Isan's uh, buffalo, we uh, feel more like Kafka's uh, big cockroach. And we wake up one morning saying, oh my God, how did I get in this body of this sick old person, right? It can be as horrible to us as waking up as an insect. Now part of what we have to look at is whether we hold on to some image of who we really are, young and healthy, fit, <coughs> good-looking, relatively. <laughs> that we think is the real me now undergoing this terrible transformation into this miserable parody of myself, right? It's now getting old and gray and not so fit. We really suffer if we feel like all the time, this isn't me, right? And we hold on in our minds to an image from the past that we try to cling to desperately, but obviously we're never going to be able to hold on to. And the challenge is to fully occupy that body of the water buffalo when it's time. When an old man's face appears in the mirror, it's time to be an old man. However, we can get caught in a lot of ways about that. We can think we know what it is to get old, and we may be carrying around a 25-year-old's picture of how, you know, decrepit and finished life is at 60. I know my father at 60 was much older than I am at the same age and that he was getting ready for retirement, thinking of himself as finishing a career. And for many of us, we find ourselves uh, surprised at what we're called upon to do at an age where we didn't expect to be doing it. I've 
but my dad was an old father because I was born when he was close to 40. Now my son was born when I was close to 50. Joko didn't begin teaching until she was 60. Just when my dad was thinking about retirement, she was starting a Zen center. So we have to be very careful about the ideas that we have about what an age means. We can be just as trapped by an image of being old, old as we can be trapped by trying to cling to a picture of what it is to be young. In what ways are we the same person? What ways are we different as time passes? That's really what the koan is asking. When you sign a mortgage, you know, there's no question in the bank's mind whether you're the same person or not. You know, 30 years from now, it's you they, they're going to want to collect from, right? But that's not our subjective or emotional reality. And in our practice, part of what we're doing is trying to let in just how different we are. Not just year to year, but, you know, hour to hour. I can start a period of sitting, feeling very clear and centered, and a half hour later I'll have this rampaging buffalo running around in my head, right? It won't settle down, won't be quiet. Or my knee will be acting up, my body will be a whole different body than the one I sat down with, right? One full of pain. How willing are we to say, well, now that's me. Now this is me, right? Rather than, oh shit, why can't I be that again, right? We talk about clinging and attachment. That's the kind that really gets us where we cling to some image of who we were, who we want to be now, not wanting to see ourselves undergoing the changes of age or illness, not wanting to see our loved ones or teachers or friends undergoing those changes. We want them to stay the same. We need them to be the same. How can they do that to us, right? We 
You never know when you're going to wake up a buffalo. Sometimes it doesn't take as long as you think. When it happens, you have to be prepared. Live the life of a buffalo now. That's all there is. <laughs>